This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, and this is the Ageless and Awesome podcast. I'm an age-defying naturopath and clinical nutritionist, and I'm here to bust myths around women's health and aging so that you can be ageless and awesome in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. The Ageless and Awesome podcast is dedicated to helping women through perimenopause and menopause with great health, a positive mindset, and outrageous confidence. Hit subscribe or follow now, and let's get started. Hello, gorgeous one, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast. Firstly, I have to apologize for the audio quality today. I'm having some technical issues, but I really, really wanted to get this podcast out for you in time for our normal release date, which is Tuesday mornings. So here we are. I'm sure it's going to be fine, though. Uh, Before I get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that I'm actually running a live webinar on Wednesday, so yes, tomorrow at uh, 12.30 Queensland time, Australian Eastern Standard Time, and it's all about perimenopause. And I'm doing this because I needed to record it for my GLOW protocol group, and I thought, well, why not just, if I'm going to record it anyway, why not do it as a live webinar, and then anyone that wants to see it can get a little taste of what's inside the Glow Protocol VIP space. So if you want to register, just go to my uh, Instagram at Susie Garden Wellness. There's a link in the bio. You can register there, or you can send me an email, hello at susiegarden.com, and I will send you the link to register. All right. So today I am very excited about this topic because this is a topic that when I'm speaking to women on my pre-screening calls, one of the big, big issues that people have, that women have in peri and post-menopause is the dreaded menobelly. Yeah, nobody wants this. And 
unfortunately, it's just one of those things that happens in Perry if you're not armed with information on how to A, avoid, B, manage what is going on in your body. In fact, I shouldn't use the word avoid, uh, understand, that's a better word, understand what's going on in your body. So let's get started. I think you all know what I'm talking about when I use the words meno belly. <laughs> um, and that's that fat that accumulates around the middle that we start noticing often in our 40s. Uh, some women kind of attribute it, I think, sometimes to having babies. But even for women that have not had babies, this can be an issue. Not for everybody, I have to say, but for many, many women. Even uh, people, women, if you've had like a pear shape for the majority of your life, you can start to turn into that apple shape um, when you hit your perimenopause transition. So why is this? Why have we been blessed with this? Oh, well, it's hormones, of course. That's that's a big part of it. Um, so we get this decreased estrogen, which we know that can lead to the redistribution <laughs> redistribution of fat to the middle. Estrogen generally tends to encourage fat distribution around the hips. And as that estrogen is kind of dropping away, we get that redistribution of fat in the middle. Also, um, decreased progesterone tends to lead to increased water retention and can also lead to bloating and that is also you know can be i guess confused with fat around the middle but it certainly contributes to what we would describe as a meno belly and i had a client very recently actually in the past few weeks in the first two weeks of her glow protocol she lost 20 centimeters i'm not even exaggerating she had to measure herself several times to make sure she was getting it right. 20 centimeters in the first two weeks. Now, there's not, I really would be surprised if that was fat tissue. And we, we had a chat about it and it's most likely this gas there is, um, and the fluid as well as there would be some fat for sure. So that's the decreased progesterone does that, uh, water retention and bloating. Also increased stress. We recognize that when women are in their 40s and 50s, that it's often a very stressful time of life with teenage kids or grown-up kids, elderly parents, being at the height of our careers. I mean, let's face it, right these days, it's been very stressful really since about 2020, if not earlier. So there's lots and lots of stress going on in our lives right now. And when we have increased stress, we release cortisol, which is one of our stress hormones, and that encourages belly fat storage. So even for men who are not going through perimenopause and menopause, even for men, if they're under stress, that will promote weight gain around the middle. Also, as we get into our 40s and 50s and beyond, um, we tend to get less sensitive to another hormone called insulin. And we call this insulin resistance or decreased insulin sensitivity. And that also, guess what, leads to belly fat storage. Another reason, so I'm getting up to my one, two, three, four, fifth reason, is as we all know, we tend to lose muscle 
as we pass through each of our decades after about 30 and we lose muscle every year <laughs> and if we are decreasing our muscle mass and our muscle tone then we will see a pronounced sort of belly so we just need to keep moving in order to kind of reduce that and i'll get into that shortly also and this is going to be the last one i talk about um, is poor sleep many of us and i've talked extensively about my sleep uh, challenges over the last 10 years or so uh, we can get into a chronic sleep deficit and that can lead to weight gain because when we sleep we're not just resting there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in our bodies and in terms of how this can impact our weight we can gain weight because having a chronic sleep deficit or poor sleep impacts a couple of hormones again i think every single one of these except for muscle has been about hormones these two hormones leptin and ghrelin are hormones that regulate appetite and these are impaired when we don't get good sleep on a regular basis so you just feel hungry all of the time and you never feel full and so that leads to eating because you're hungry right man i hate being hungry i'll definitely eat if i'm hungry so what do we do about this there's a whole bunch of factors that i've mentioned these are just the key ones that came to my mind when i was preparing for this podcast there are probably more so what to do about it definitely one of the big ones is managing our stress huge manage your stress in a way whichever way actually that it works for you you don't have to do a really formal meditation practice, although that will work. That will work. Um, you don't have to do yoga, although that will work. Some of the fun things that you can do, being out in nature, even if it's just your backyard or your local park. I'm really lucky I live near the beach, so I try and get to the beach as often as I can. I also live near lots of um, forest, so if I can get out into forest which i can it's actually in my street uh it it makes a huge difference to my nervous system any activities that bring you joy will help you manage your stress patting your pet spending time with friends engaging in hobbies things that you love to do all of that will manage your stress but also you can use your breath you can do meditation you can use apps you can do mindfulness all that sort of stuff. Manage your stress, that will do so many positive things for your menopausal transition, not just your meno belly. Uh, number two, I would say repair your sleep. It's so important. I think before you do anything else, managing stress and repairing your sleep, these are obviously linked, will have a huge impact. I did a podcast last week on sleep, so you may want to go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. Uh, I think I've done a, quite a number of podcasts, on sleep, but last week's my most up-to-date one. But yeah, work out what is going on with your sleep. Sleep is complex. Where are you having issues with your sleep? Is it getting to sleep? If you're taking more than 10 to 20 minutes to get to sleep, that's not great and we need to have a look at that. If you're getting to sleep okay, but then you're waking, 
making midnight maybe, waking at three o'clock in the morning, that's a really common one, waking at 5 a.m. Then why? Why is that happening? And what's, what is happening also? One of the questions I ask all of my clients if they are waking at that time, are they just getting up, going to the loo, coming back to bed and just lying there? Are they ruminating? So thinking about what they did the day before, going over scenarios, wondering how they could have done it better, worrying about what they've got to do the coming day, that kind of thing. Like what is actually going on that is the problem with your sleep? That way we can know, like, is it a hormone issue? Is it a stress issue? Is it a nutrition issue? Could be a whole bunch of things. So, yeah, repairing your sleep is really important. I would always say, because this is what I do, this is my zone of genius, is the personalized nutrition plan that gives you your exact portion sizes, your exact macro balance. So should you have more protein compared to veggies and salads and fruits? Should you have less? I can't tell you. This is done very scientifically. So if you want to get rid of that meno belly, or avoid getting that meno belly, having a personalized nutrition plan, which is what I do with the GLOW protocol and metabolic balance, that is gold standard. So if you want to learn more about that, go to my Instagram at Susie Garden Wellness, or you can uh, email me hello at susiegarden.com. And remember, I am actually having a price rise, unfortunately, from this Saturday onwards. So if you are interested, Book in for a chat with me, send me a message. Let's at least see if it's something that might be okay for you or right for you, uh, or it may not be. So might as well save the money, okay? Um, another thing you can do is increase your fiber. There's a number of reasons why increasing fiber helps with belly. One is sometimes that presence of a, a protruding belly is actually, and this sounds a bit gross, but it is retained fecal material. If you're not drinking enough water, if you're not having enough fiber, perhaps your waste products just aren't exiting your body and they start accumulating. So um, that is really important. So increasing fiber also supports your detoxification processes. We know that um, our hormones, particularly estrogen, uh, is uh, removed from the body through the fecal route. And if the fecal matter is sitting around in the colon for a little while, longer than it should, the body will start reabsorbing the water, other kind of products, including old estrogen, gets, goes back into the bloodstream and that can really interfere with your hormone balance and give you symptoms, hormonal type symptoms. So we want to make sure we're getting rid of our waste products really well and also increasing fiber does really help with hunger so that's really important as well so we're not overeating hydration i just mentioned then does help get those waste products out of the body it also makes sure that you're not mixing up a hunger single with a thirst signal and as always, I will tell you my water calculation for any new listeners. It is 35 mils of water per kilo of body weight. So it's a significant amount, but it includes your herbal teas, your smoothies, your soups, all of that kind of food that has fluid in it. You can do a little bit of an estimate about how much you're absorbing there or taking into your body there. Uh, my next tip is to move your body, moving your body. 
This is really important. Now, I, throughout my life, have hated, hated exercise. I'm not good at it. I'm really uncoordinated. My coordination has never gotten any better, despite decades of yoga. Um, but moving your body in a way that you find joyful is my best recommendation. So whether that's Pilates, which is one of my favorite things at the moment for core toning, that may, has made a huge difference to my waist circumference. I would say that's probably the most uh, impact that I've done from a movement point of view. Pilates, reformer Pilates. Matt Pilates is also excellent. Uh, swimming is fantastic. It's great. Uh, also, if you have any issues with your joints, resistance training because that builds that muscle and maintains the muscle that you've already got. So moving your body every day in a way that brings you joy, whether it be just dancing in your living room, anything, walking your dog, all of that will help. Also, I just mentioned waist circumference. Do you even know what your waist circumference is? And do you know what it should be? So there are a couple of ways to do this. So firstly, to measure your waist, obviously just any tape measure will work to measure your waist. I do provide proper medical body tapes in the gift pack for the GLOW protocol. Uh, so you can buy body measuring tapes that are medical grade that have got some little um, kind of tools on there to help you do it really accurately. But I would always, you've got two options of where you measure your waist, either at the navel, that's a really easy point to do it because you've got that landmark there that you can measure it at the same place. And that's where we prefer to do it, generally speaking, from a, a medical point of view. But if you've had a tummy tuck, if you've had lots of kids and your um, belly button's actually dropped, like I've had some women come through my program and their belly button's literally between the hip bones, and that's not a good... Uh, indicator of your actual waist, in which case you go to the narrowest point of your torso, find your natural waist, and you can measure that. So what is the correct waist measurement? It's actually really easy to find out what it is. So think about what your height is. Think about what your height is. Mine is 170 centimetres. That's how tall I am. So your waist measurement should be no more than half of your weight of your height so for me that's 85 centimeters if my waist gets over 85 centimeters then i know i'm in trouble so it should be a fair bit less than that for me so that is a really easy and scientific way to find out what your waist measurement is and something good to know is we know that 100 percent of people that have a waist measurement above 100 centimeters whether you're male or female will have a degree of insulin resistance. So remember I mentioned that before. Now, it doesn't mean that if your waist measurement is less than 100, that you don't have insulin resistance. It just means if your waist measurement is 100 or more, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a degree of insulin resistance. So that puts an extra layer of challenge of weight loss. So you don't wanna get there because it makes it just that much more difficult for you to start maintaining a healthy weight. So yeah, that's really important. So if you're there already, if you measure your waist while you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh man, I'm already there. That's okay. There's plenty we can do. Reach out to me. I can help. Um, or talk to your healthcare, any healthcare practitioner that has got experience in weight loss. What I'm finding, the more I work in weight loss, 
the more I'm seeing clients come to me that I've spoken to their practitioner, whoever that might be, and the, the weight loss advice they're getting is either stick to a certain number of calories. Well, we all know a calorie is not a calorie uh, and you need actually proper nutrition. Um, I'm even having clients coming to me that are on those weight loss injections and they're using the combination because the weight loss injections can only do so much. They can be really good for some people and for some people they will really stall on them and for others they just can't manage the side effects. So I can help you regardless of what other medications you're on. Uh, two more things I'm just going to mention and one of them is sugar. Ugh. I love sugar. I really do. I really love sugar. However, it does not love me. I know it does not love me. I'm, I'm pretty prone to blood sugar spikes if I'm a bit naughty and I have um, treats that I know aren't going to work for me. Uh, so decreasing your sugar intake will absolutely help you to manage your waist measurement and your meno belly. And the other one is, of course, alcohol. It kind of goes in relationship with sugar because of the sugar content of many of those alcoholic beverages. Uh, but yeah, alcohol has a number of uh, impacts on women in peri. It impacts sleep, it impacts mood, it impacts detox, so many things. So yeah, definitely decreasing your alcohol, maybe limiting it to one or two drinks one or two days a week is always a good thing um but definitely if you're drinking every day then you may want to really reconsider that would be my advice anyway i hope this has been helpful for you i would absolutely love to hear from you either with a review a five-star review preferably or if you have any questions because i have my q a podcast on thursday so you can, again, message me through the um, through Instagram. You can message me through the podcast app if you're using Spotify or email me hello at susiegarden.com. Have an awesome week and I will be back on Thursday. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Ageless and Awesome podcast. If you liked today's episode, please make sure you click the little plus button if you're on Apple Podcasts or the follow button if you're on Spotify so that you can get each new episode delivered to you every single week. If you like free stuff and who doesn't, then head over to susiegarden.com and grab my eight essential age-defying secrets every woman over 40 should know right now. Or if you'd like to continue the discussion, head over to Instagram and DM me at susiegardenwellness. I'd love to connect with you.